You're listening to the Third Cup of Coffee podcast. Good evening, everybody. Good late evening, actually. It is almost 10 p.m. here in the Third Cup of Coffee cave where I record our podcast. And I am just doing a very quick kind of, I don't know what to call this, like a trailer for an upcoming sermon series? That sounds kind of weird. But just an explanation of why we're talking about what we're going to be talking about for the next five weeks. We're going to be diving into the book of 1 John. And this is why. I saw a meme this week that took me back 40 years. It was literally a completely white square. But the caption said, Welcome to North Dakota, where we play a game called Am I Still on the Road? Driving North Dakota during winter could be extremely difficult, especially on cloudy days. Because if the road was white and the ditches were white and the light was muted and the sky was white, you really couldn't navigate very well. We navigate by absolutes, by the edges of the road, by the color of the earth, by the line on the horizon. It is this and that which gives us direction. And when we can't tell this from that, we don't know where to go. Moral relativism is a term used to describe the absence of absolutes. It says that what is moral and what is right is determined by the content of a situation rather than some outside force determining what is right. There is no God that speaks to us through Scripture. There's only what I feel. And if I feel I'm a good person, I'll be fine. And of course, I'll determine what fine is. We find ourselves living in a time with very little distinction between right and wrong, between this and that. And people are crashing to our right and our left, and they're saying, I had no idea that I was off the path. Because I couldn't tell the path from the rest of the world. The book of 1 John is not a book to support moral relativism. It draws really strong distinctions between opposites, and if we can get our head around those opposites, we can see the horizon, we can even see the road. I'm going to dive into this book of 1 John for five weeks. Now, before we get into it, here are just some things you need to know about 1 John. One, it is Johannian, meaning it's a scholar's way of saying it was written by John. Yes, John the Beloved, John the Revelator, same guy. Another thing you need to know about 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John is they were probably written last. By that I mean in chronological order. The books of the Bible were not written in the order that you find them today, and they're not necessarily written for us in chronological order. It makes some sense the New Testament starts with the Gospels and ends with Revelation, but Revelation was not the last book written. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, probably the last books written. Also, it is circular. Paul, who wrote the Pauline epistles, wrote books that make up the bulk of the New Testament, like Romans and 1st and 2nd Corinthians. He was a learned man who wrote like a lawyer, building a case after case until you couldn't find any hole in his argument. John was a fisherman. Yes, the beloved. Yes, the revelator. Yes, the friend of Jesus, but a fisherman. No formal education. He followed Jesus around from the time he was maybe 15. On top of that, he's an elderly man now, and he just sort of writes in circles around very specific ideas. Because of this, it's hard to go verse by verse because you find yourself thinking, didn't I just read this? And you did. So instead, we're going to look at some concepts 
that he developed in a circular way. Another thing you need to know is the book stands alone. Well, you say, how can it stand alone? It's 1 John, there's also 2 John, and there's 3 John. Surely this is like Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, The Return of the Jedi. Like these build on one another. No, not really. 1 John is a general epistle. It's not written to any one person. It is like your grandfather writing a general letter to his descendants saying, y'all are going to need to know this, and I'm writing it down because you're not asking the right questions, and I will not be around forever. Second and third John are written to specific people. And if you want to get technical, one is written to a woman and one is written to a man, and they're very unique in their approach. Now, I'm not going to dive into that right now because this is how a five-week sermon becomes a nine-week sermon. But suffice it to say, the man who finds so many things black and white in first John would probably see things like gender in the same way. I'll just open the can of worms and set it over here promise not to revisit it until the appointed time, which is to say, not during this five-week series on First John. But trust me, I do have thoughts. And so did John. John had Johannian thoughts, and I have Randinian thoughts, but I'm pretty much with John. So knowing it's Johannian, that it's last, that it's circular, and it stands alone, we're going to look at First John and see what he has to say about contrasts. There are at least five times in this book where he draws distinctions between things. He does not see things on a continuum. He doesn't see them on a spectrum. He sees them as opposites. And if you can see what First John lays out in the way of opposites, you will find it's a whole lot easier to navigate the Christian life. Hope to see you at some point in real life, in analog, in face-to-face uh, -face contact in these next five weeks as we go through the five contrasts of the book of 1 John. It is going to be eye-opening, and I think you're going to be able to navigate life a little bit better when you can see the edges of the road. We'll see you Sunday at the bridge. <laughs>